Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I told, I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. So like we already mentioned today, we celebrate the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. And um, so my task is to give a homily in 10 or so minutes on the mystery of the Trinity. That's not a fair challenge um, because actually explaining the Trinity is impossible. So I'm going to try the simple route. In fact, uh, the preparation for this homily made me recall one of my earliest church memories, my first communion. And in preparation for that day, my mom drilled me and made sure I knew my basic prayers, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Glory Be. Now, for some reason, I don't know why, I was convinced that I would get in front, to the front of the communion line and the priest would say something like, you're new, aren't you? Before you receive the Eucharist, let me hear you say your prayers. So whatever I thought, I don't know why I thought that, but I did. And so with that in mind, I thought, sure hope he doesn't ask me to say the Our Father. That one's long. If he asks me to say the Hail Mary, I have a better chance. Maybe the priest will ask me to say the Glory Be. That one's easy. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Boom. I can do that. So Sunday came, and I went to my first communion, and because I received the Eucharist, and because so many people hugged me in congratulation, and because I got showered with statues and rosaries and books, and because I did not have a quiz from the priest, it was a joyful day. So in my seven-year-old brain, the glory be was easy because it was short. I would also propose that being sh a short prayer makes us as adults fly past it quickly when we pray it. So today I'd like to spend some time on the words of that prayer. So let's consider glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. First, as it was in the beginning. Second, is now. And third, ever shall be. So first... We pray as it was in the beginning. Let's start with the most basic and potentially the most confusing instruction of all. All Christians believe in the Trinity. That is, we believe in one God who exists in three persons. The Father, the Son, of course that's Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. We also believe that the Trinity, our God, existed from the beginning. It might be easy to read the Bible and make the mistake that the Father created the world, then Jesus came along later, and then the Holy Spirit started at Pentecost. And while that sequence is how God chose to reveal himself in time, 
All three existed from the beginning. In our first reading, we hear wisdom speaking and saying things like, from of old, I was poured forth. Before the mountains, I was brought forth. When the Lord established the heavens, I was there. Who is this wisdom that's speaking to us? The word wisdom itself should call to mind the Holy Spirit as one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Or we might also notice that this passage is very similar to the beginning of John's gospel when John says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word is typically seen as a reference to Jesus. So we see in this reading that God is reminding us he's been with us since the beginning, since before the mountains, before the earth, before the heavens, he existed in an eternal exchange of love, Father, Son, and Spirit. And one day in our time, that love of his overflowed into this desire to share that love with others. And so to do that, he created humanity. And th that creation wasn't a dry and mechanical kind of creation. The first reading says God was playing on the surface of the earth. Creation is this moment of joy when this constant exchange of love bubbles over and our existence as humans begins. I would encourage you to look back at all parts of the Old Testament and as you do, notice the symbols that appear in so many places. Fire, wind, breath, cloud, word. All of those represent the presence of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ at all stages of our history. So let's remember how it was in the beginning. So second, it's fun to recall history, but we also live in a current reality. So let's think about the glory be telling us that God is now. Now, as we start this though, I think, let's be honest. If I ask you to explain how the world is now, would your explanation be a joyful one? I think for most of us, I'm guessing it would not be. We would likely mention the terrible violence we've seen in our country in recent weeks, the continued aggression of Russia invading Ukraine, the massacre of Christians in Nigeria, the lingering impact of COVID, both the microbiology and the other disruptions to our life. And all of that might make us struggle to have any optimism in the here and now. St. Paul's letter to the Romans that we heard today addresses this. He tells us that faith is the key. He says, and every one of us knows this, we will face afflictions. Pains and struggles are just part of our broken world. But when we face them with our faith in God, those afflictions give us spiritual endurance. And that endurance proves our Christian character. And that character leads us to hope. Hope that the ultimate victory belongs to God. It all starts with faith, and it leads to hope. And we're told, hope does not disappoint. So what does the church do to help give us faith? First, we're given that faith through baptism. I came across this quote from Gregory of Nazianzus, who was speaking to people about, who were about to be baptized. He encouraged them in their profession of faith, saying, I am soon going to plunge you into water and raise you up from it. I give your profession to you as a companion and patron for your whole life. We, 
were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Do we consider that profession of faith in the Trinity a companion? When we walk into the church, do we dip our fingers in the holy water and make the sign of the cross? And as we do, do we recall our profession of faith? Or do we recall the presence of the Trinity in our lives? Sometimes I think we might walk in, just make a touchdown cross. Oops. Or do we just do like I often do, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, with no thought? In my social ministry with incarcerated boys, when we pray, they observe us making the sign of the cross. And lately, they've started to make it with us when we pray. And let me tell you, they do not overlook that moment. They almost yell, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. They're locked up in prison, and yet they proclaim their faith loudly. So are you struggling? Recall your baptism. If you were not baptized, see me after Mass, and let's start you on that path. Let's find our endurance and hope as we pray by slowly, consciously, and boldly making the sign of the cross. So third, we've discussed as it was in the beginning and is now, next let's cover and ever shall be. To express this in short, the Trinity does not end. For our part, we seek to join Father, Son, and Spirit in heaven. Jesus told us in the gospel today that everything the Father has belongs to him as well, and that the Holy Spirit will come to, to declare all that Jesus has. So stop and recognize that promise. The Holy Spirit is coming to reveal God himself to you. You are going to see more of the Trinity. Now you might object pessimistically and say, oh yeah, when will that happen? When is God going to fully reveal himself to me? Jesus also told us in the gospel, you cannot bear it now. I would suggest that line, while it sounds a little derogatory, is actually a beautiful promise. What we search for is a deeper understanding of God. On earth, we can continue to study, we can continue to pray and read and build a relationship with God. However, our hope is not for something earthly. It's a hope that through God's mercy, we will be admitted to heaven. Have you ever thought about that movement from our world into heaven? Because it's a big transition from here to being face to face with God. At this point, those words of Jesus in our lives right now are very correct. We cannot bear that now. Jesus tells us that because we're just not ready yet. But imagine moving toward heaven, that immersion in God's love. That moment when you're overwhelmed by the immense joy and wonder how anything on earth could ever have drawn you away from this love. As you move closer, that immersion is even deeper. And now you wonder if this is the culmination but with each movement closer, you understand participation in the Trinity even better. You're more overcome by a love that blankets you and permeates every thought and feeling. You heard at church that the Trinity is an eternal exchange of love, and now you're experiencing it.
complete happiness. I don't know if you were ever like seven-year-old me, thankful that the glory be was short. I also don't know if you're like me now, sometimes sloppy with the sign of the cross and the glory be. Let's make our challenge this week to more carefully consider our greatest companion, the Trinity. As we pray the glory be, let's remember that Father, Son, and Spirit were here before us. They are here with us, and they're waiting for us to join them in eternity. As we make the sign of the cross right now and all week, let's recall our baptism and our own profession of faith as we slowly and carefully say, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Saint Anthony of Padua.